Hello, NPR friends. New day, new episode. Back at it again with another special guest and co-host joining a podcast for probably the seventh time. Your favorite consultant in the D.C. area, Paul Prince. I'm here, I'm back, and ready to chat. Yeah, we're going to chat a lot about advice to our younger self, the college edition. But before we dive into today's episode, let's jump into the quickie. Today's quickie, three tips to maximize your paycheck. Well, I saw an article online. And it sparked my interest about this topic. You need an income of over $300,000, 300K in New York City, San Francisco, and Honolulu. And they named those three cities, right? To bring home roughly 100K after obviously taxes and other expenses are factored in. Well, you would say, wow, I worked a lot and a lot is coming out. Well, some of it is coming out to set yourself up for the future, provide healthcare for yourself and other um, necessities, right? But I'll give you three things you can do to maximize the return, the amount of money you're bringing home per paycheck. Number one, it's not about that the 300,000 isn't enough. It's maybe we need to maximize our housing costs. Maybe we are spending too much money on housing. And I know purchasing property is the American dream and it is the way to go but it may not be for you at that moment, at this time. You may need to prepare for it at a different point in life. So maximize housing costs, getting a roommate, um, staying somewhere that is not as expensive as as you once have or currently is, right? Reassess where you currently are with that. Let me, and I will jump in on that first one. Uh, one, I would offer a change of word instead of maximize, minimize. Um, I actually lived in San Francisco in California at one time, one of the most, if not the most expensive place to live. And um, I did have a roommate that we shared a two bedroom condo in Bruno Heights. If you're familiar with California, it's a very affluent neighborhood right off mission, not far from a lot of uh, nice restaurants and everything. But the whole thing boils down to finding ways to minimize your, your household costs to ensure that you're keeping and saving more money. Yep. Period. That is the plan, right? You want that 300K more of that money in your hand, in your pockets. Additionally, maximize tax advantage retirement accounts. Sounds crazy. Sounds probably counterintuitive, but the more you contribute to your 401k or retirement plan or IRA, the more you take home in actual net uh, per paycheck. So I'll share a story because uh, I feel like um, X3C does this very well. Um, if, if at every promotion, you're currently living and able, hopefully able to live off the money that you're currently hopefully. Um, bringing home right now. If that is the case, every promotion means that's more money you have opportunity to put away. You don't even have to see it. You can set up your allotments, uh, those who are government workers, those who work at certain firms where you can manipulate um, those um, those funds, 
send that money straight to a savings account. Don't even see it. Don't even tempt yourself with, ooh, I got an extra, I don't know, $1,000 coming in a month. I can buy me those Gucci shoes I want. That you don't need to buy right now. But sometimes you can treat yourself. But you don't need right now. <laughs> but, you know, just doing things like that, proactive things to make sure that your money is stretching. Your money is long, as they say in the rap videos. <laughs> the money is long. <laughs> uh, and then lastly, this is where it gets tricky. But I can also agree, specifically when it says to hire a professional accountant. I have talked about that on episode uh, number 72, uh, tax exemption, no, not actually episode 75, tax refund season. It's very important. Again, I've made mistakes in life and I can tell you having a tax advisor or an, or an accountant is super important, but be careful. I'm not saying to go out there and get a financial advisor that's gonna cost you 1% in fees. I'm saying, identify someone who is your tax accountant or an accountant for you and you pay on like per hour or per visit base right you want for something like that you don't want to have like a recurring fees that are coming out of your account to pay for something that you you know you could probably learn on your own right yeah there are there are a lot of different um youtube videos books yep. i think most banks even offer personal banking experiences where you can they can talk to you about spending and saving money but the basis of it is becoming a little bit, which we'll get into the episode, becoming a little bit more literate when it comes to finances, the basics of saving, the basics of expenditures and tracking your money and um, invest small investments. I mean, one thing that I can say is buying a home, it you know, can be looked at as an investment. And when you do it is sell an and you get that profit, that's another time that you should talk to a financial specialist to see, hey, I have this lump sum of money that I've just earned or I've just acquired. What will be some of my options? Yes, you know, you hear a lot about um, we do call those things stocks and bonds and Bitcoin and stuff like that, but you have to find those things that works best for you, your money, and your personal life goals and your style. Yes, right. Um, don't don't get in caught with the. the um... I would say with the FOMO and thinking that you were um, a day trader and mm -hmm. you out there trying to, you know, find the next big thing when it comes to like the stock exactly. market, that's not who you are. It's really try to find things that you are good at mm -hmm. and that in, in those areas in which you, um, as I always say, are passionate about. And so again, maxim, sorry, minimize housing costs, maximize tax advantage retirement accounts and hire a damn professional accountant and that is the quickie for today ladies and gentlemen boys and girls and others i thought about this episode title in many different ways it mostly was about after college and that's the premise of why i titled today's episode advise advice to my younger self the college edition really some of the things i wish i would have known or was better educated in right and i've said this numerous of times on the podcast financial literacy is so important but i think even finding the words financial literacy still sounds like a very broad statement so let me break it down financial literacy teach people debits and credits money come in money go out right the simple ledger of accounting right it have to be specific like accounting but simple debits and credits money come in money leave and then teach folks on compound interest and all those other different things as we learn more and more this stuff honestly should be taught 
in middle school. Mm-hmm. It's a shame we have to learn this somehow either in college or through life lessons after college. Yeah. And that, I think this is one that we've bonded over over our 20 plus year. Many times. In a sense of like being more literate. Because again, when you look at people's um, home structures, some people come from single uh, parent homes. Uh, parents have done all that they have known to do. And some of that has not been the wisest financial decisions because they just didn't know. It wasn't information that was just shared with them. There were a certain class of people who were more literate, more more um, flexible in um, being financial literate because of information that was passed down to them. Um, so this is a very, th- this would definitely be something I would send to my uh, earlier self, my college self was definitely become more financial literate, um, spending, saving, how to use credit. One thing we talked about <laughs> right before we got on the mic is credit cards. Almost every college student receives Discover and Visa and all these different um, opportunities to get credit. And back then, the the biggest thing was don't get caught up in credit card um, debt. But again, if you become more literate, you know how to use that spending power to your advantage. And let me take it two steps, one back and one forward. With credit cards, understanding if our parents... And this is something that that was actually sent to me on Instagram by a friend um, after one of my minisodes. And it made total sense. It's our parents. As I'm passing this information, I'm passing it forward, right? If our parents was to start a credit card for us Mm -hmm. when we were younger, when it's time for us to start or establish our professional careers and our professional lives, we don't have to worry about starting our credit history. It's been started. It's been started for us and it was done in the right way. So now we're moving out of college with that 800 plus credit score because we have learned the importance of credit, credit history and credit abuse, right? But remember I said, let me go back. So when you go back, that was the fourth one. So I paid that for it. We're going backwards. When we're in college, those who don't have the financial literacy mm-hmm. and we get a credit card and maybe there's a concert coming up and thinking, oh, maybe YOLO, maybe I want to buy this ticket and I can figure out a way. Or I have a, a student work job, right? Or I have mm-hmm. a part time job. I can pay this off in my in my brain in theory. So I get this credit card. And of course, there are life things that happen and you never get around to it because hey, you're not you was never positioned to take care of that such responsibility in the first place. In the first place. Here's my issue with it. College kids are given credit cards with no income. Mm. Yet now we Make fast forward. We, we fast forward to trying to purchase a home or even get an apartment. Mm-hmm. And now we have to go do credit history, mm-hmm. credit checks, have none. proof of income. And or even um, when you have your co-signers, right? Yep. You have to go through all of that and all of those steps. But you don't do none of that when you're in college. No. It doesn't make sense. It's almost like predatory lending. It disguised with, oh, here you go, this free candy. Right. I totally agree. And I honestly, like you said, the pay it forward. I have um, two nephews, both in college now. Um, the eldest one who's, and if you're Southern, you know what a God, God child is. But he's um, my godchild. I'm his parent, as we say in uh, Creole. Um, I got him his first credit card, uh, American Express. And I told him, I was like, look, 
this is a very powerful tool that you should not use unless you have the money to pay for it or in the case of emergencies and then we can figure something out after that um and i think right now he's almost at 700 like we have been working on that um for a while now so he's almost at seven his younger brother um had one i think his father got him one he's already in the 700s nice. and, and already positioned to to do great things so again it's all about information sharing and passing on information and again if i could give my past self this information become more financially literate it will be amazing now before we we harp on too much of the negative in terms of the financial side, I do want to take a step back mm -hmm. and to look at something which we categorize as be kind to yourself as you are to others. Mm -hmm. I do think that's important to not beat yourself up when you fail at things. Absolutely. Because it will happen, right? And 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 to your point, we talked about this uh, pre pre episode here, resilience, right? Some of those failures, they help you. Mm -hmm. They help you to become a better person, a better human being. And resilience help, in, you know, pretty much gives you the courage to know, you know, I've accomplished something before. I may have also failed at something. So I also know the feeling to mm -hmm. get back up and to do it again. Yeah, it reminds me of what I consider that champion mindset. Um, I'm a recreational competitive tennis player, and it's amazing how winning sometimes is not all about you having the better skill set, the better shots, or the better strokes, you have to have the mindset, like the resilience to say, I, I messed up, mm -hmm. I can let that go, and I can be resilient and bounce back and do better the next time. A lot of times in our careers, we get so driven with, I need to accomplish this promotion, I need to accomplish this, this thing that will put me on a map in my career field, and we beat ourselves down and just like, you know, you, you can't continue to do that if you want to, to, to move forward. I mean, again, on the verse, you can't always be so successful because once you have that first failure, you might just implode because mm -hmm. you've never felt or process what that negativity feels like. Um, imposter syndrome. I mean, I have dealt with that at times in my life where you were like, okay, well, I don't think I'm quite qualified or quite skilled as such people to, to do these things, but you are. And if you're not, that's what school, that's what um, learning is for. Like you go through life or go through organized um, schooling and learn how to do things. So don't beat yourself up. Be resilient. Learn how to do better and do better. Yeah. Um, one thing I can add there that I love, so I know it's a strong suit of mine and it has definitely helped me in my journey professionally and um, in all aspects of actually my, my journey in life is my organization skills. Mm -hmm. And I'm really good at compartmentalizing information and putting them, and I'm, I'm really good at also writing it down. And for me, I feel the art of of the, of the organization, it's really the art of the writing, really. And it's not necessarily a, a, a one way and approach to do it, right? You don't, you don't have to have like a, a, I guess an outline mm -hmm. that specify exactly how you would do something. It's really just writing it down. And as those thoughts continue over time, at that moment or over time, you can then reorganize those thoughts into something that flows a little bit better. And I've always been that person. I sometimes even go to the end. So what I mean by all of this is when I'm thinking like career skill sets and being resilient, if there's a goal that I want to obtain, I almost always write it down. 
And once that goal is written, I start to add details of what, uh, how to achieve the goal and what are the characteristics that I need to either have within me learn in order to achieve the goal. It's super important to write down goals. Also, just writing down the vision of what you want to achieve. If that means you need to pay off credit card debt, as we talked about earlier, then do that. If that means you want an 800 credit score, find ways to achieve it. Wishful thinking isn't going to make it happen. You got to put the work in to make it happen. Yeah, on the same note, I feel like these can be the either most used apps on your phone or the least <laughs> used apps on your phone. Your freaking calendar. Right. A one note and or a notepad. Yep. It is so I, I totally agree with like writing things down because a lot of times you have great ideas, great concepts or, or just things that you want to accomplish and then you forget. And yep. then you don't get at them and they don't happen. Uh, one thing I want to add on the be kind to yourself as you are to others is, well, and we literally was downstairs just now watching a basketball game. <laughs> I hope <laughs> Phoenix wins. No. But um, <laughs> one of the, the announcers said, coaching makes everyone better. And I was like, hmm, that's a nugget right there. That's a nugget. Therapists, mentors, and faith-based leaders are some of the most important people, are good friends who have a good ear and and at least can help you uh, compartmentalize or process information. Those are some of the most important people you can have in your life to help guide you. Because like, like um, X3C said, there's a lot of times where you don't have those skill sets or you haven't acquired certain skill sets. That's one way you can do so. Talk to your therapist. I, I think back in, in the, our days in the 2000s and late 99 when we was in college, you know, it was still stigmatized uh, or heavily stigmatized to seek help. I mean, if you went to a therapist, oh, he or she, they are crazy. Um, and that's not the case. We all need help. We all need to talk things out and, and learn ways, better ways to process things. Mentors and faith-based leaders as well. Teacher, yeah. someone. Life coaches. Life coach. Um, so as we, so we, 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 obviously this podcast is mostly about finances, right? And business and or technology. And, you know, I find it fascinating as we talk about more literacy in the mm -hmm. financial world. I also find it to be a, a bit almost like a dichotomy, right? You know, sometimes if you lack the information or lack the knowledge, you absolutely is what Paul just mentioned seek out the understanding mm -hmm. through all the different avenues or professionals Paul just mentioned. However, there are also times where those professionals are in your life Absolutely. right now. Free. Free. That's the point <laughs> I'm making. They are here for free. Take advantage of it. I've actually, uh, actually two people last week asked me, did I have a financial advisor or who's my financial advisor? And I say, I don't have one. Know why? I am my own financial advisor. Mm -hmm. I do understand finances, right? But I also have really good people mm -hmm. in my corner who understands it actually better than I do. So before we get to the building a positive circles of, of people in your life, finances. So I have a bone to pick. Uh oh, let's go. Let's go bones. <laughs> so we talked about savings accounts and uh, checking account and I don't have a savings account anymore. And it's funny because the, oh, we have a bone to pick then there. And the reason why I say that is because with savings account it was most of them, especially certain. Yeah, I think most of them, there is a fee for you to put sit to your Let's money get it. There. Let's go. And I get it that, you know, depending. And again, 
depending on the amount of money that's in there and that's the the um which called this the fine print depending on how much money in there depends on how much interest you can bear so if you don't have as much money in there it's not gonna bear much little to no interest so what i've done in previous years i've just had two accounts and i just used a checking account as a savings account yes i mean you could cut up the card and not use the card and just kind of transfer money between accounts but again uh, and I, I brought it up to be light and funny, but it's an actual life experience for me that you have to read the fine print of what you're getting into when you're setting up these accounts, like what kind of fees are coming out. Like my business account, if I don't keep more than like $5,000 in a business account, I get $16 pulled out of my account every month. So you have to read and know the fine print. Absolutely. 100% correct. Here's my rebuttal. <laughs> when you have friends on their podcast telling you repeatedly, I think you should listen. So since Paul brought it up, here we go. He's absolutely right. When there are accounts, these savings accounts out there that A, have a minimum requirement to deposit, a minimum required to maintain, and have a monthly or a maintenance fee, avoid, avoid, avoid. By all means necessary. Because again, I mean, especially early on in your career or in, in career early on in your career, your first high school job, your first job in college, um, work study or something, that's you're making bare minimal money. Just It's just money that you can help to get by. So you don't need the extra fees and uh, that comes with some of those accounts. So that's why I offer people to possibly get two checking accounts where or uh oh, no, no, no. So I was waiting, but uh -oh. you jumped in there. Uh -oh. So Go ahead. I do absolutely not agree with getting two checking accounts. In fact, so you have to think about money in this way. Okay. There's inflation, right? And there are many different factors out there that we're not going to talk about today that talks <laughs> about inflationary um, factors that can affect the economy, affect your money. Just know the simple fact here there's inflation, right? When you have money sitting somewhere, it is losing value every day. If you have 5,000 in an account and it's sitting there in that account, the value of that 5,000 tomorrow, next week, next month, next year is not the same value because the cost of goods and services will increase with inflation. That is normal. It happens all the time. So what you want to do is hedge that. A simple, and I mean simple way to hedge that is to get into a savings account that can give you a return. That return could stay in line with inflation or even greater. So my recommendation is if you guys have money, even if you don't, it's $25 a paycheck, it's $65 a paycheck, set up an allotment. Paul talked about that earlier. This is the best way to do it. Do not allow yourself to take the money and move it into a savings account because you're not going to do it. Have it where it automatically does it on its own, whichever avenue you want to do it. That's either with an allotment, meaning it goes before it hits your bank, or once it hits your bank, you can have a certain amount diverted to a separate account. However you want to do it, just do it. Even if that means you need to go into your account and touch it and use it to pay bills, that's fine. I'm trying to do is get you guys into the habit of constantly mm -hmm. good habits, good habits of taking that money and putting it to the side. And eventually that 55, 65, 75 can grow to 200, $300, $400 a check, a thousand dollars a check. 
whatever it is. But the point I want to make about the savings account, that five grand is just sitting there. You put it into a regular savings account. Now, again, no account fees, no minimum balances, no transaction fees, and no limits for transfers. There are accounts out there and there are many of them out there. I will tell you Vanguard is one of the best ones and they have one out and they just announced a 4.25 APY. That is very impressive. So if your money is sitting in a regular account that's making 0.0 something, transfer it tomorrow to the Vanguard account. You'll thank me later. And that's the point I wanted to make. See, good advice. <laughs> Again, I mean, and like we said before, you know, build your circle of, of trust with people who you can who will add advice like this? Um, before we jump off of finance, I mean, we talked about, well, we talked about before home owning and the home owning process, as well as purchasing cars. I mean, that's also advice I would go back and give. Oh, yeah, that's my a car one too. Yeah. yeah, it's interesting because, like, with the home owning, like, again, it's not the fact of buying then, it's just becoming more literate of what the home buying process is about. Uh, interest rates and credit scores and minimal money to put um call that not put down but your uh, i guess your down payment yeah your down payment like just learning that information um would be critical i so my story (laughs) i think it was back in 2015 or 16 when i bought my first house i think it was the end of 15 and and literally true story i am sitting in my uh a co-op not a co-op uh it's like a condo a co-op um that i was renting from uh, a friend that lives in bermuda and it was a two-bedroom so when he was in town he would stay there or whatever that was the situation see minimizing home costs (laughs) and so i was on the phone with x3c and again as our friendship has always been how much money you got in your account and so at the time I told him like, oh, I, I've been able to save up to like $10,000 in my account. And he was like, you know, you can buy a house right now. Right. And I was like, do a what? <laughs> he said, you can buy a house. Not do a leaper. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, and I thought about it. I, I looked at my credit score. My credit score had gone up because I had been saving and not, you know, doing credit card um, bull crap. And I had saved money that could be used for a down payment. And the only thing I was missing was the information and the literacy to do so. So not even a year later after that conversation, I bought my first uh, townhome in Deanwood, D.C. Um, And when I sold the house two and a half years later, made almost actually, I want to say it was 110 percent profit on that one. That's yes, you did. Information conversations are very important. And, And so the whole point of like. I would say for telling our younger self, especially about literacy and things, it's kind of all intertwined, whether Mm -hmm. you're purchasing a home, going into an apartment, signing a lease there, or even leasing or purchasing a vehicle, understanding your style, right? You know, there's many stories we can talk about. I know I can talk about with the the mistakes I've made, especially taking student loans Mm -hmm. out when I really didn't need to, to be honest with you. Right. Undergrad, yes, I did need to take out a few student loans because I we honestly did not have we were poor. Did not have the means to do so. I did have a band scholarship, which paid for por- portion of my uh tuition. But you know, academics, even in high school, was never like my strong suit. I was always a good student, especially when it came to like sciences and math. Like that's I excelled in those areas. But other subjects I really didn't care about. And so 
overall, my, my, my grades weren't like, not the greatest. It was an average C student. And so, yeah, I would tell my younger self, hey, do a better job in high school, in the classroom and in college. But most so when, when we talk about the loans for those who have to take out loans, please do me this favor. Minimize the amount you take. When you hear people say the word refund check, it's not a refund. That's money you have to pay back. Mm, eventually, yes. That's money that you are asking the school to help you or asking the federal government or state or some entity to take this money to allow you to further your education in advance. At some point, you have to pay that money back what ends. So when someone says the word refund, run. Hear X3C right now say, don't do it. I only need the amount to cover my tuition. I need to get off my butt and get a job, scholarship, or some type of student type of work. I, and I agree um, to a certain extent. I, I feel like, yes, I think many of us, and me included, have you know gotten loans over what we needed for tuition. Because uh, one, books, I those books were very expensive. I think was. now, I'm pretty sure they are still are. <laughs> yeah, well, there are virtual options, and it, you know what's always interesting? Everybody's out to make money, so you have to realize those books is going to change every semester. Mm -hmm. So I remember at one time we were able to sell back our books. Yeah, at, uh, after the at, semester at a at a reduced percentage, of right? Course, Which is right. so look, the book lost appreciation as well. Exactly, everything loses appreciation. <laughs> so what I say about that, like you know, the being becoming more financial financially literate and knowing people with uh good advice you know you could have gotten strategic i mean i've heard stories of people you know having using refund money to buy houses or to um get credit cards or whatever but strategically using that money to build things for themselves and not just a new pair of sneakers um again some of us you know didn't come from much um from where we were i sure didn't um, and I didn't have a car. So, you know, some people were like, Hey, if I can get a car, I can get a job. And then as I pay on the car, eventually I'll get better jobs and stuff like that. Um, and then be able to pay back the money. But what he is saying, XRC is saying is very important. Don't think that this is air quotes, free money. Correct. It's not free money. This is money that you will have to pay back. And Oh, by the way, I have a positive story. So I just told you my first house that I sold, I bought in end of 2015, beginning of 16, I was starting a job with uh, Department of Homeland Security in San Francisco, which we talked about previously. Um, and when I sold that house, I used some of my money to pay off my student loans. So that's one strategic way that people can use um, being financial literate of knowing how to do credit, um, credit scores, um, savings, buying home buying process and using that in your favor to do positive, impactful things like pay off student loans, buy other properties, um, make better, bigger investments. It's always possible, but you have to be strategic, have to have the right people in your corner, and you have to have the knowledge. Yeah. And so one last point I'll make here about the finance side of it. Remember, when we're thinking about any decision, don't worry about if you will or won't. Over time, you will be able to excel and succeed, right? Just keep making the right and positive choices. You will get to the point where you have secured the bag. Mm -hmm. But I will tell you this, when it comes to purchasing a home, treat it like an investment. Yes. Because it is. And now investments can go up or go down. 
So keep that in mind. There it is risk. an investment, yes. right? If you go into a home and you can afford to pay your mortgage and our HO fees and condo fees, if they're if those applicable. They're always fees. <laughs> always fees. Always. Remember, if there's a way, I forgot what they call um, those additional homes in the back. Um, those eight, uh, I can't think of the name of it, but it's a, those homes in which you could have like in a basement or in a top floor. like your, Oh, like an in-law suite or no, something? No, not an in-law suite, but they're actually, um, uh, I can't think of the actual term, but there's actual terminology for when property is zoned for both living and renting gotcha, gotcha and so i would say those are some of the better investments because not only are you living there mm-hmm. you can have your tenants in either let's say you have two units in the building or you know in the townhome you can actually rent out those other floors or units and that those uh, actually the amount that you've taken in will pay for your mortgage mm-hmm. maybe even with profit that's a wonderful investment. Yeah, Run the numbers. My, yes. Run the numbers. If that also means you're going to have one or two roommates, mm-hmm. that's also an investment opportunity, right? You bringing in people to help you pay the mortgage or fully pay the mortgage, right? Always treat the home buying process as an investment, investment. either if you can afford it on your own or with others or with uh, affordable or rent- rental units. Either way, keep all that in mind. So as we pivot and transition a little bit off the finance piece, I would say, and we've touched on this several times about building a circle of trustworthy people in your life. Mm-hmm. That is super important. Now, we've heard this term before. You can't pick your family, <laughs> but you could pick your friends, but you don't have to be stuck with your family either. Right. So if they're a drain or a leash on you, please recognize it and let them know, let me get myself secure and better first before I can start to help you. That is very important. And it's going to be a tough conversation. I know it will be. I'm advising my younger self now, have that tough conversation. Yeah, it's it's always interesting as, you know, you matriculate through life and you meet a lot of people. I am, I consider myself to be an extrovert, but I think I'm kind of ambivert. I can be introverted and extroverted um, depending on the situation. Um, but I've learned over the years to find people or allow people in my life who pour into me mm-hmm. um, more than they suck out of me. Uh, beware of energy suckers or energy vampires. Like these are the, the people in your life that they'll, they're draining, like physically and mentally <laughs> draining of you. Like it just takes a lot to be around them. And if you actually start to feel anxiety or feel some kind of way about certain people in your life, it might be time to take inventory. Yeah if this person is um, someone that you can deal with. I mean, it could even be a coworker or somebody at work. You And you just have to find a strategy that works best for you. Obviously, you can't have the person fired per se, but you can um, build boundaries and a strategy of how you can deal with these people. Um, also, you know, people who are really supportive of your journey, like not everybody under may understand what your journey is, but, you know, if they support you in just in the general manner of just kind of like saying, hey, like, I'm not sure exactly how to explain what you're doing, but I know you can do it. You need those people in your life, not those clout chasers and uh, opportunists that as you climb and as you do stuff, they're just there for the benefits. <laughs> you know, it's funny you say that. Um, I feel so I've met many people. Obviously, people have different styles, right? But I feel 
I won't group everyone into these two categories, mm -hmm. but I can say I've witnessed several, several people in my life that's been in this one camp, most of the people actually, where they move in silence, right? And some people feel, hey, I'm on this journey, I'm striving for something, I'm working it out. And when I hit that journey or I've achieved that goal, then I'll be able to articulate to people or just surprise, hey, I took care of it. I'm different. Not saying I'm different from everyone else. I'm in a different camp like others where I like the support. I communicate mm -hmm. what I'm going, where I'm at, so that I can have people hold me accountability partners, for example. I can also have, you know, articulate something in, in terms of a journey I want to, to take. And I can either get feedback, information, ideas from mm -hmm. people which I would no, no, normally be able to get on my own. So I also here is recognize who you are, yes. right? Not just about the people you put around you, but also recognize your styles and what you know you bring to the table and what, where your energy lies. Because you may have people who do it differently from you and that's fine, and just recognize I, it. And what I like about your statement about like you being outward facing with your journey is that it goes back to the resiliency piece too. Like a lot of times, even if people don't agree with what your thoughts or what your plans or your goals are, if you really believe in what you're doing or what that what can be, you'll be like, you know what? Thank you for your input. Thank you for your feedback. But I'm moving forward. Yep. Um, exactly. You, you just <laughs> you build that resiliency and that um, that power within yourself. Like it may not make sense to people right now, but it it will happen and it will make sense in the future. And that also goes to you know put it. Uh, surrounding yourself with positive and impactful people like I have so many different people I can you know like one of my friends I went to college with um, doing nice big things um, he actually returned to be like a CEO at the um, at our university also he ran for a public office in Louisiana like people who are like that and even if they aren't always successful like just the the sheer fact that they're courageous and yeah. dynamic in their in their own right. I mean, even like X3C, I mean, he tells y'all what he does, whatever. <laughs> but like, definitely he's climbed uh, the ladder in the federal um, service, which is not always easy. Let me put that out there. Like, you know, those of you that live in the DMV area understand that that's the big thing. You know, I'm a federal worker, but moving up and moving out in the federal space is not always easy because there's a lot of um, stagnant and... Um, I don't know, ceiling uh, builders <laughs> that will try to stop you from moving up either because of your age, ethnicity, or just they don't understand that life has progressed. People have gotten smarter, more information is available, and things can happen faster than they have. And there's past. different generations, right? Some yes. folks have the mindset, hey, you work your way up, meaning work your way through years up. Well, a lot of folks are different. I like to call this generations actually now who's like, like the microwave generation, you know, two, three years. And they're ready to go. Period. Or two, three years, I need a promotion, right? Period. And that's fine. Recognizing that, right? But period. if you have leaders who, period, if you have leaders who are, are who that's not their mindset, mm -hmm. to your point, they're holding you back. Recognize those people who are holding you back. But don't just run from it. Come on, younger self. Don't run from it. Have the conversation. Yeah. Schedule a meeting with your leader. Close the door and articulate where you want to go and what you want to do. Don't run. Make them leave or make them push you out the door. But don't you just voluntarily just walk out the door? Hell no. Mm -hmm. Make them suffer before they make you suffer. That was always my goal. Yeah. So to my younger self, 
have the tough conversations. And my younger self, you've earned this spot. So use it. Right. Again, I think the running part is definitely um, there are sometimes I will say it is better to get out of the kitchen than to to (laughs) continue to take the heat. But there are are many times where you need to take the heat almost like the pressure cooker because good things come. They do come. They do. Um, Diamonds. I will say over these past three years, um, partially because of the great resignation, people have realized that they don't have to. Um, succumb to certain circumstances when it comes to like your careers and office cultures and behaviors. There's so many people who are fighting for remote work. Yeah, um, now it's insane. there's so many people uh, fighting for equal pay right now, and they've realized like I have um, almost like um, certain ethnicities have buying power. Like I have power in a situation to say, you know what, I don't have to work here. I can go work somewhere else and make more money or build the culture around me that I desire to work in. And um, what's interesting about working in the federal space is a lot of those cultures are very militant uh, based. But now uh, I can see the changes on the brink it's in uh, some departments. You know, it's, it's funny. It's, that's, that's a good way to say it. It's on the brink. It's it's coming. Yeah. It's hella slow, but it's coming. Yeah. But again, don't run. Embrace it. Find ways to retool yourself. Keep yourself important in a sense. I mean, I will tell you, there are certain fields um, where innately they just kind of evolve like IT. There's just so many different areas you can do and you can just evolve in that one one space. Um, I'm in communications now in general consulting. So I'm always looking for different skill sets to build on. One recently I did was uh, diversity, equity and inclusion. Um, and the interesting part about that is there is so many different ways to weave diversity, equity, and inclusion into your work, maybe writing, maybe building teams, maybe recruiting, maybe, um, I don't know, like ideas, you know, dis- dispelling groupthink. Um, there's so many different great concepts that come out of building diverse teams. So, yeah, look at ways to diversify um, your skill sets, yourself, your personal offerings, so that you're always that person they look like. I'm not sure if this is something they can do, but I know they can learn it or they can get it accomplished. That's right. Be that person. Be that person. Take advantage of opportunities where they offer. You will never really feel ready for the next step. Never. But, you know, if you, as Paul just mentioned, have that, that I guess the thirst mm-hmm. for, you know, knowledge and you are a person who really good at cognitive skills. I, mean, I could pick up on things. That is really important. Mm-hmm. Hey, they're going to see that. And also, you some, again, Paul just mentioned this. You can go through the tough times. You really can. And then, again, back to resilience. It, it will make you better as a, as a person and a professional on the end route. Uh, at, actually, really at the end. It's a challenge, I know, to sit there sometimes and take it. Mm-hmm. And to feel stressed and overwhelmed, but that's when you have to take a step back and say, "This is for a reason." I know I'm learning more now. Mm-hmm. I can step into this role in the near future, or they're preparing me. Don't always take the negative thinking as a think, bad thing, a bad feedback. as a bad feedback. It's probably something to help you get better. Mm-hmm. Take it for what it is. Growing opportunity. Yeah, yeah. It's. Taking advantage of opportunities in the time that they're offered is, is very important. I mean, my younger self, there were a, many opportunities I took advantage of because I was like, 
look, I'm tired of being a poor, broke college student. So I had the opportunity to, to take more hours. I did. I took between 17 to 21 hour credit hours uh, in a semester, graduated in three years. That's less money I had to pay back. Now, this is true. It, does that have to be your story? No, but maximize the opportunities that you have um, in that. Um, what else is impactful for opportunities? Oh, even at work, like right now, your your current self, if they're, and I'm throwing this at X3Seek and we had this conversation uh, all week, you know, there's a lot I'm of times- I'm not rolling my eyes right now. <laughs> there's a lot of times where, you know, people leave, opportunities come and we're like, well, I'm just getting to a place where I'm digging my feet in and I'm making headway, but maybe that next position at the top, you can groom somebody else to keep up or take on the mantle where you're leaving off and then you're able to be more in a strategic and impactful position to move the enterprise uh, level further even if you're working on an enterprise level now i already know <laughs> uh, you can do more uh, with more like um i i think i used to tell i think more uh x3c and i actually used to have this conversation like sometimes in order to enact change or to be impactful you have to be in the position to do so you do like sometimes it's not a you're not able to do it from the bottom so sometimes you have to as some people do silently rise through the ranks get a little clout get a little respect on your name and be able to be a mover and shaker later for someone else you may not be the person to benefit from uh, you going to that schooling or going to that strategic uh, class that you went to, but your next job, your next agency, the people that you teach these skills to may make the workforce better behind you. So, and that's another thing, like even with the financial um, literacy part, there's a lot of things. Of course, we're fictitiously talking to our younger selves uh, mm -hmm. today, but you have nieces and nephews. You have like um, uh, children that you kind of... Um, I don't know, garner as your own, like share that information with them, share it with friends. I mean, that's how, you know, we've done for the last 20 plus years, yep. sharing information. And that's how we get better together. And truthfully sharing information, detailed uh, information, honest. you can't hide. So when we ask about what's in each other bank account, because uh, we want to help each other. Right. Yeah. And it's that's now we don't do that now like we used to. But the whole point of that we is, do. <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like we really you have to be honest of where we are and what mistakes we've made. And that's true friendship but it's also being truthful to yourself when you can be you know humble enough to to present that information in in the eyes of getting better so younger self you are welcome mm -hmm. all right fam good chat good talk as always remember positive energy leads to positive vibes don't forget to subscribe if this is your first time joining no pants required can be found on google Podcasts or wherever you get your favorite podcasts peace peace